The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast's Final Four Watch Party. April 1st at 7.30 p.m., SGP will be at the Ice House in L.A., so come hang out with the crew. All the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Coburn. With me here again is Joel Meyer. How are we doing tonight, bud? I am doing well. Bets aren't going great, but uh, you know what? The sun is pouring into my room here. I know that talking about the weather is probably the lowest form of conversation, but uh, you can't help it when it's uh, 17 degrees, 18 degrees all day. It's still 15 degrees at 7 o'clock here in vancouver so uh yeah the, the sun is definitely uh, a good medicine for uh losing wagers and whatnot you can't be uh, too down when uh you got mr sunshine shining in uh shining right at you my, my fucking screen is like reflecting i can see myself <laughs> that's how bright it is so yeah it's uh finally the end of um uh a longish winter i guess yeah, the weather is just like the low-hanging fruit to talk about, but it makes sense because everyone can relate to that. Everyone knows, like, coming out of out of the out of the winter, you get you get those nice days, and they they feel great. You get your seasonal depression, just go into into regular depression when your when your bets are losing. Yeah, because not not a good night for my bets here tonight. Also, Monday night was pretty poor for my, my solo podcast. So, hoping we can get get back on track as the week moves along here. Um, of course, make sure you are subscribed to the Hockey Gambling Podcast feed sg.pn slash hockey on apple leaves a five-star rating and review there sg.pn slash hockey s on spotify you can leave us a five-star uh rating there and you can always let us know what you think and follow us on twitter at hockey sgpn and of course get in the discord great support system great uh i don't know what the call was going on on in there tonight but it's, uh, it's a bunch of characters in there make sure you check it out sg.pn slash discord in the uh hockey channel there it's a support system in the sense that uh, like uh, AA is a support system at the moment. They're talking about fucking uh, illegal drugs, which we never condone here no, at the never, HDP. Never, but no. uh, yeah, there's a wild bunch in there, that's for sure. A bunch of monkeys. No, only the only the legal drugs we talk about here, not the, not the illegal stuff. We, we, well, we, everything, everything's legal we, here. So <laughs> <laughs> we we draw the line somewhere. I mean, we have, we have some morals. All right, uh, you have a uh, Professor Joel segment li- lined up, you uh, you said. Yeah, another, another quick one. I was just thinking um, earlier in the year we, we talked about uh, how the the line's moving, how it, it's more favorable, favorable to bet the favorites early on, uh, and that's especially true later in the year. It's because as the season progresses, we learn more about each team. We learn which teams are good, which teams are bad. We get more information on teams, a bigger sample size. And the odds makers, they're putting alliances that are kind of stale in a way that they are obsolete, you might say. But the the betters, the sharp betters who move the lines generally, 
are able to inform the market by uh, by by noticing which which teams are good, which teams are bad, by uh, diving into the stats, by uh, watching these games and whatnot. And that's why the uh, the better teams they go for, they go further and further apart in terms of the line from the bad teams as we learn more and more about them. Like if I look at my power ratings from the beginning of the year, all the teams are kind of squished together. But as as the uh, the season goes on, uh, the, the top of the the, the class have uh, progressed dramatically to the top. So uh, earlier on, I'd say I had uh, in terms of the percentage rating, I had the the best teams were about maybe. 40 points from each from each other. I don't have what my uh, what they were to begin with, but uh, right now we're sitting at uh, 34, so about 70, 70 apart mm-hmm. from each other. So that's a mat- dramatic difference there between the Bruins and the Ducks. Uh, so yeah, once the stuff is uh, inputted into the market, that's why you see the favorites rise. Typically, I mean, obviously you'll see you'll see some dogs go the other way too if there's a if there's a wrong line. But uh, generally speaking, it's going to be the favorites who are going to be bet over the course of the, the uh, let's say, a 36-hour uh, cycle when the opening lines are released till close. But uh, that, but that, that that's the other side of it, though, is that uh, there's always the buyback, too. So so some guys are just waiting. They know that these lines are going to be moving. And then uh, towards the the close, when they, when they figure that, okay, this, it's, it's not going to get any better for the dog, that's when they'll swoop in and uh, take that dog price because they think that the adjustment has gone too far. Uh, so that that's the that's where the you could talk about the efficiency of the market, you know, between opening and close. Uh, generally, you get a you get a good line at the end of it. Um, but the, yeah, one one more thing I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, another thing is is with the injuries too. So uh, the books aren't really taking too much into account the injuries when they open. So then when you when you see uh, uh, the lines open and then the uh the guys who know that there there's injuries especially if it's like a, a lesser known injury then then that'll be bet immediately like uh early on with when caprice was out uh we saw the wild kind of opening at the same prices that they have been opening at but obviously uh the impact of caprice was not really felt in the line so um, obviously it's gonna be bet so uh this is something to keep in mind when uh, betting these teams that have uh, suffered injuries. You don't want to bet them too early. You can wait till later on. Maybe the adjustment is too big. Like uh, I think that that happens a lot. Uh, I notice that, especially in college football, when um, like on a Saturday, when when it's like very public information, then you, then you might see some late moves, uh, an over adjustment for those injuries when we've already known this all along, and and uh, it just gets you a little bit more value taking the other side on a on an injured team. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's just the, uh, lesson of the day. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense there with your early season power ratings, you know, it, with any statistical thing, as you get a larger sample size, you're more confident in them and you're possibly, you're going to be, have a larger range of outcomes when I imagine early in the season, maybe your power ratings, if it's on a hundred scale are between mostly 40 and 60, maybe some thirties up to 70 in there. But now I imagine the Bruins are as close to 100 as you can get in your power ratings and someone like the Blue Jackets or the Ducks are down in like the, the 10s or 20s so that there's clearly a, a much wider wider range there and yeah it, it makes sense that you know get get the early line if you like the favorite yesterday I, I bet the Jets like minus 170 Joel and I always seem to get the early lines they were up to minus 180 when we recorded last night I think right now before puck drop here at, at at 10:30, they're at minus 205, minus 225, some books. So like, yeah, there are some points where you can 
if you if you see a line a favorite is too low, like like the Jets were last night, you could have bet minus one eighty, loaded up on that, and then hedged out here for Sharks plus one eighty four and got guaranteed profit there, or you know, good to do that, and then combine combine that with a live bet I like to do, try to middle there. But yeah, it's it makes more sense as 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 we have more information, we know more about about the teams and there's more confidence and that the books are willing to kind of open up that open up that uh the range of odds as the range of um, power ratings tend to widen there. And yeah, with injuries, you know, today when Carter Hart uh, was ruled out uh, around 5 p.m., I think it was, I hopped on the over again. Over hadn't really moved that much and ended up being 4-2, so, so it cost me there. But also the, the Flyers line came down with Felix Sandstrom starting. They still won. They're 5-1-1 now in their last seven games. They... Uh, are, are really making me sweat out this uh, 77 and a half, 78 and a half point total. They need, I think they're at like 72 and um, I got the standards pulled up here. They have 70 and 73. So they, they need less than nine points in their last nine games. So that's going to be a, a fun sweat there. That Jets Sharks game is an interesting case too, because they're both fade teams in my opinion, but because the Jets need the game, right? It's a must win game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a different. That's a different uh, lesson for another day. Not even a lesson. It's a fucking uh, pet peeve, the uh, the must-win game thing. But anyway, uh, the, the Jets and Sharks both kind of fade teams. But because the Jets are in this spot where they need the win, uh, that's why you see more money coming on them. And then the Sharks, of course, it's obvious that they're just tanking uh, the way that they're playing. So uh, yeah, it's just another thing to keep in mind when monitoring line movement. Yeah, it's absolutely a pet peeve. I mean, we everyone falls into the trap. You're like, oh, this team's definitely going to get up for this game. They have to win. And then we can say and logically know that that's factored into the line or what have you. But still, it makes you more willing to kind of lay that juice if, if you know that team has the the extra juice in them to to try to win the game. But overall, it, it, it doesn't matter as much. I'll just, I'll just explain what I mean right away because it's it's a typically a media thing. Like the, the, the talking heads as you call mm-hmm. them um they like to dress games up like oh this is a must win game if it's a must win if they lose they're out <laughs> that's not a must win game the must win game is by definition like an elimination game game seven game six if you're down three two in the series if you're in like game 81 of the regular season if you lose you're mathematically disqualified that's mm-hmm. a real must win game i mean but of course they gotta you know sell the product and whatever, so they call all these games a must win game. Like the Flames have been on a fucking must win must win <laughs> game thing for like 20 games now, and yet they're still in it. So uh, yeah, it's just a, a silly exaggeration. Uh, maybe maybe you think that I'm making too much out of nothing, but it's just uh, when you when you digest this media all the time, it just gets on your nerves. So I, I need to uh, pour it out all my uh, frustration here. Yeah, it's fun when it's like November and you're like, oh, this team's a must-win game for early in the season. It's, it's, I understand the narrative, but like, get, don't be so lazy. Just be like, oh, it's a must-win game in in November or December. It's it's a big game, but it's not it's not a must-win unless it, yeah, it truly is some sort of elimination game, whether it be for regular season or for the playoffs. Yeah, if it's a must-win game and you lose it, then the team might as well just give up the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. There's so many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today, receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. 
And of course, for our DJs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the Winbet app. Offer subject to change in terms of conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present as they were play through and available. If you have something to if you or somebody knows Gamble Pelton, call 1-800-52-4700. Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world? You can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgovernpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. And the Final Four Watch Party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Podcast and tune in on Saturday. All right, here, are you ready to get into this uh, three-game slate for Wednesday, March 29th? Oh, yeah. All right, here, kicking it off at the 7.30 slot, we got the Florida Panthers at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Game itself is in Toronto. Maple Leafs are minus 145. Panthers are plus 125. Over-under at 7. Overpaying off minus 105. Under minus 115. Boys here, cats are cats are on the road. They, they've lost four straight. They're, they're a bad road team, 15-19-3 on the season. Uh, Leafs are 25-7-5 at home. Division record, uh, division record for the Panthers here is uh 13-6-2. Leafs is 11-6-2, so so similar. Panthers have just played two more games and won them. Uh Leafs are, are playing well right now. Wins and losses in their in their past trading them off in their past four or five games there. But you know coming back home after a five game road trip, finally had uh two days off here to decompress a little bit, get back home. And while Florida's coming off that five two loss in Ottawa on a Monday night. So yeah, I'm all over the Leafs here at minus 145. They just beat the uh, Panthers down in Florida 6-2 uh, on the 23rd, which was last Thursday. So, yeah, I like the uh, Leafs here. And I would lean to the – I guess I'd lean to the over 7 at minus 105, but my only bet's going to be on on the Leafs. Well, seeing as this is a must-win game for the Panthers, <laughs> we're taking the Panthers here. If they lose this game, they're all going to die in a horrible plane accident. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Leafs, Leafs line for me is minus 144, so I'm definitely favoring them. Here, you mentioned the Panthers' poor road record, and uh, yeah, they couldn't even beat the Senators there in the last one. Uh, they do have the bit of the rest advantage. Well, not the rest advantage, but in terms of the Leafs coming back from their road trip and the Panthers in the, uh, I almost said the state, the province of Ontario, uh, they're, they're, they're just sitting there. So that's, I, I would say, a, a slight edge for them. But, uh, yeah, the Leafs are playing great hockey now, and uh, Talon called it in the last episode that he was on. Who knows when the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> Austin Matthews is finally waking up. He had fucking 15 shots the other game, which is insane. That's probably as many as the Ducks uh, get on average as uh, a whole team. So, yeah, we're, we're going Leafs here. Uh, I'll bite the bullets with the juice. Uh, I just don't believe in the Panthers right now. And uh, the Leafs are playing better and better as their guys get adjusted finally getting some deep pairs sorted out um yeah the goaltending is still a bit of a mystery but uh, it's definitely better than what the panthers got going so i, I like the leafs to win this game at home plus uh, i mean at a seven it's tough i i don't know i might even lead to the under here but uh the total is 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 a is a no-go for me in this one but uh, i could see at least shutting the panthers down 
but I can also see the Panthers just uh, going hell bent on scoring, and then this game just opens up. Mm-hmm. So uh, total mystery for the total, but I, I I would play the Leafs here at minus 145. All right, going down to the other 7:30 game here. We got the New York Islanders at the Washington Capitals. Uh, game itself is in Washington D.C. To pick them here, both at minus 110, over under is at five and a half, overpaying off minus 120, and underpaying off plus 100. Uh, what do you got for your Isles here? Yeah, my Isles. Uh, I like them. I like them a lot. Minus 110 is a good price. My line is minus 117. They're playing some great hockey right now. The addition of uh, pair angle. Lou Amarello <laughs> quietly is having uh, one of the better uh, trade deadlines in uh, in the league with the addition of Bo Horvath beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pierre Engvall, he's been uh, providing Islanders with what they need. Zach Parisi has 20 goals. How, how does Zach Parisi have 20 goals? Comeback player of the year, baby. Uh, how old is he? He must be like he's close to 40 by now. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Always like that guy, except when he's on the wild. Um, but yeah, the, the Islanders here, minus 110, I like that. Uh, yeah, Pierre Engvall has, has been providing a lot of juice for them, some speed, which they desperately miss. You know, teams need balance, right? With the Leafs, they have a lot of those kind of skillish, fastest players, which which Engvall was, you know, get the puck uh, down in the zone, but just couldn't really finish, couldn't provide a hit, couldn't, couldn't block a shot. Well, the Islanders have all that stuff. They have all the, the, the toughness, physicality, shot blocking, they just need a bit more um, the stuff that the analytics people like, you know, just getting down the ice in the right posi- positions and uh, setting up plays. And that's what Engvall has done for them. So, uh, yeah, he, he didn't work out for the Leafs, that's for sure. But on the Islanders, uh, he, he's just what they needed, I think. So uh, he, he's helped them find their offense somewhat. So I quite like the Islanders here at minus 110. The total, again, I think this is about right. I mean, I would lean to the under 5.5 and a half or plus 100. Just uh, because I think that the Capitals goal scoring is um, is uh, very hit or miss, and and their, their defense is still okay. John Carlson should help on both sides, especially the power play. But uh, I still lean to the under, given the fact that the Islanders are the best goalie in the world, in my opinion, and uh, one of the better defenses. So yeah, Islanders and uh, a lean to the under. Yeah, I'm with you there on the Isles here at a pick'em. Uh, Capitals have lost. Uh, Eight, five or no, seven of their past ten. One of those wins was against the Islanders in in Long Island, but uh, Buffalo and, and uh, Chicago. Besides that, since the All Star break, they're sixteen. They're uh, seven, twelve, and two. So seven wins in past twenty one games. There, Islanders. They they pushing for a playoff spot. I got some help tonight from uh, Detroit beating Pittsburgh. I think the Isles pretty much have that secured up here, unless they they fade a bit and the Panthers go on a run, but nevertheless, still, uh, I, even without that extra motivation of needing a playoff spot or whatever, I, I like the Isles here. There's a better team on the season. Road record is a bit worrisome, 16, 15 and six, but Washington 17, 14 and five at home. So not really a, either two great teams, uh, given their uh, situation. Uh, yeah, uh, I like the Isles here and pick them minus one ten. I think they're just a better team. This should not be a coin flip game. Uh, total, I, I guess I would lean to the over, uh, caps. I've been allowing a lot of goals recently for Pittsburgh, seven to Columbus, uh, last week, five to St. Louis, four to Buffalo, five to the Rangers. So lean to the over five and a half, but probably same thing with, as Joel said, and same thing as the first game. I'm, I'm not going to bet, be betting that. I just have a bet in on the Islanders here at minus 110. You know what? Puck line plus 215 isn't. 
isn't a horrible look. I think that's that's a decent play if you want to throw half a unit, quarter unit on it at a plus 215. All right, going down to the final game here at 10 o'clock, we've got the Minnesota Wild at the Colorado Avalanche. Game itself is in Colorado. Uh, Avalanche are minus 155. Wild are plus 135. Over-unders at 6. Overpaying off plus 100. Underpaying off minus 120. Uh, Joel, what, what do you got for this one? Your your Avs against your your hated Wild. You hated Wild, yes. This is an interesting game for sure. Uh, one of the few games that means something for the the legitimate standing because both these teams are playing for that. Um, not only the division lead, but potentially the first overall in the West, which means uh, you would get to play whatever weak ass team. Uh, wants that eight spot whether it's the preds the flames though i you know i, I wouldn't write off the flames if they managed to squeeze in there i wouldn't write them off against any team in, in the mm-hmm. in the west there given uh, their potential for proper playoff hockey with all the experience they got and the man behind the bench and daryl sutter but uh otherwise i mean uh, the jets you would like to play them at this point the preds absolutely would be uh, a peach worth uh, eating <laughs> right peach uh yes just like last year and they got swept by the abs in a, in a you know a, probably the most lopsided series that we've seen in years uh, but uh, yeah for this game that this uh huge tilt wild have been hot abs have been hot uh that, that's why the line is what it is with the abs home ice advantage pushing it up there my line is minus 149 so uh i guess i'm leaning towards the abs but uh i mean i i, I think the best way to play this I think the Avs win, but then what you do, I mean, I'm I'm kind of biased because I'm heavy on Avs winning <laughs> division. What I'm going to do personally is if the Avs win, which I expect them to, I'm going to bet the Wild for the division, uh, especially with the Stars winning today against the Blackhawks. You can find the Wild at plus 300. I know I've <laughs> been recommending the Wild for division for a while, but I never actually pulled the trigger uh, because I, I didn't want to like hedge too early. But now, now that it's coming down to the wire, I might have and uh, I think the best way to play this would be to take the Wild after they lose this game at a better price than plus 300, hopefully. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a massive game. Stars are uh, currently up 3 nothing against the Blackhawks. Expect them to close that out. And then they'll they'll re, re, uh, reattain that, that division lead for now. But then they play the Avalanche on Saturday. So this is going to be a, a very fun stretch towards the end of the season that I'll be sweating likely till the last couple of games. But uh, for this game itself, it's, I think it's lined pretty correctly. I'll probably just bet the ass because fuck it. Uh, but uh, if anything, I would take the under six of minus 120. It should be a, a, a fun a defensive affair, you know, a fun defensive affair. You don't hear that too often. But in this case, I think it will be given the, the animosity between the teams. You know, it's not Avalanche, Detroit, Red Wings, but uh it's the next best thing these days. So, yeah, uh, give me the under. I like both goalies lately. Both defenses are playing well. Avalanche is, you know, they're, they're piping hot offensively, though. So that'd be the concern. But uh, though I think the Wild can, can contain them somewhat and uh, make this go under six. Yeah, I'm with you there on the under six at, at minus 120. These are just both under teams this season. Colorado, uh, Gorgiev has been, has been great for them. 919 save percentage. Whether it's Flurry or Gustafson for the Wild, I trust them to to keep this uh, rather lower scoring. And Minnesota, I know they've been scoring goals without Kaprizov, but they don't have the offense that that the that the Avs do here. I would probably lean to the Avs in the game, but minus 155 
is is a bit much. Maybe I'll look for look for a live spot if they go down early. But yeah, that's an interesting angle you have there on the uh, division. Because yeah, this game is for the top spot in the division as of now until the Avs play the the Stars this weekend. I mean, great scheduling there with the two back to back great division games for the Avs. Looking ahead, the Avs then go to San Jose for two, L.A., Anaheim, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Nashville to close it out with. I mean, Minnesota has a similar path. Vegas, Vegas, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Chicago, and then Winnipeg, Nashville. So it's going to come down to the wire here between these two teams in the division. Uh, but for this one, sticking with the under six at minus 120. If, if I had to play a side, uh, I guess I'd go with – I guess I'd go with the, the – the abs here the wild have been winning but they, i mean they got outshot 36 20 by the kraken 34 24 by the flyers 48 29 by the devils so they're not playing great meanwhile colorado has kind of been dominating teams in the shots on goal department so 155 is steep but i do think the abs win this game if that comes down a bit i might uh might bet that all right we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness College Pick'em. It's a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket's busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA and NHL daily games. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we had a uh, consensus play for, for all three games here. We have the Leafs at minus 145 at home against the Panthers. We have the Islanders in a pick at minus 110 against the Capitals. And then the under six at minus 120 in the Wild Avs game there. I, we talked about it a little before the show. You mentioned you want to talk about a little, little team building here, how, how goalies, uh, you're, how you're thinking about goalies now in today's NHL. Uh, what, what, what sparked that? Well, I was just thinking, uh, you know, I keep hearing about these stats, the Flames, how they are, uh, you know, they they uh, they keep out shooting teams and yet losing. They they have the most uh, uh, one score losses. Um, it's just been a run of bad luck, but a lot of that bad luck is because of the poor play of the goaltender. And of course, uh, if you're if you're paying a goaltender as much as you're paying Markstrom, and he's only providing a a sub 900 save percentage, minus 2.33 goal save of expected, and you never want to be in the minus, let alone if you're getting paid that much. It's uh, it's a bad sign, and you're not going to win uh, those tight games if you're not getting the key saves. So yeah, I was just thinking uh, it's not a good idea. We're seeing this more and more from like the more the younger, more analytically minded GMs these days. The uh, you know we saw the Avalanche do it with Kemper, you know, and Grubarley before that. Just pay these guys a little bit of money and then send them on their way. Don't don't sign up for big deals. Just get another guy like we got with uh, Alexander Georgiev this year. Even though we had to give up a couple couple uh, second rounders, we saw that he was good enough to do the job uh, for on a cheap deal, which is what you need these days. Uh, given how much the how much cap crunch there is, especially with after the COVID years where there hasn't been a, a rise in the cap. Uh, look at all the teams around the league that are right at the limit. So you don't you definitely want to be, don't paying these these guys long term it's like uh it's like um it's like a blend of the running back in the nfl mm-hmm. and a professional golfer in the pga so the running back it, it they have a limited limited time span but that's that's why they get paid less and less and you can find you could find a running back a decent running back for for much cheaper than you than you find like a like uh 
like uh, I don't know Alvin Kamara, who you have to pay mm-hmm. a lot more than that. Saquon Barkley, you have to pay a lot more than an average running back. But the difference between them is not that much. So the same thing goes for the goalies. Like you can find a decentish goalie and have to pay him a lot less than you pay like an elite goalie. And then the thing with the golfer comes in when when the uh, you get a Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, these guys just go on crazy runs, winning majors, winning tournaments every month. Uh, and then they, they they just fall off a cliff for a while because it's all about confidence. Uh, golfing and playing goalie, all about confidence. And uh, these guys lose confidence all the time. And we, we're seeing this this year with uh, Markstrom in particular, a bunch of other guys too, of course. But Markstrom is the most uh, obvious example where uh, you run out of confidence and then you fall off a cliff and all of a sudden you're carrying this big anchor that, that was supposed to be like a, a linchpin of your whole team. Suddenly it, it's an anchor. And that just happens in the space of a few months. Whereas you know, you, you pay a player like, uh, I don't know, like a, an excellent two-way player, whatever. You pay him $8 million, eight years. Okay, you know he'll be good for at least four or five years. Three years after that, okay, you, you can deal with the contract then. But with a goalie, you never know. Like, it can happen at any time. If they lose confidence, you got you to gotta stick with them and uh, because you're paying them so much and you can't get rid of it. But that can bring your whole team down. So point is that it, going forward, we're going to see a lot more of this uh, – with the Kyle Dubas, Joe Sackett kind of thing, where you're just going to be paying these guys less. I mean, Kyle Dubas is a bad example because he's, he keeps paying like these terrible goalies too much, like Matt Murray, Peter Morazic. He's he's just getting the wrong guys. Uh, but the point is, he's he's making them just short ter- short term deals. Not like uh, not no Bobrovsky contract, not a Jack Campbell contract, not a Jacob Markstrom contract. So that that's the point is is just to keep these contracts two or three years. Not a bad term. And then if, if they, they, they flourish and they want to get paid more, then you find the next guy because uh, it just takes a couple of years for these guys to really get in the, the groove. Even even some guys can get in the groove right away, like Georgiev, right from the go. He, he was awesome for the Avalanche and kept us in it for uh, while the, the injuries were going on. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the point. Just uh, I'm not a GM, but that's the way I think I, I see the uh, – the goalie market going, and I just want to bring that point up today. Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point, and we, we've seen that done with uh, Carolina. They just cycled in goalies, and they've been one of the top teams in in the East in the Metro for the past two or three seasons. I mean, they they had Peter Mrazek. They they worked their magic with him. He was able to be fine. Uh, Fred Garrison now, Antiranta, Kachikov coming up. Yeah, pay pay these goalies not too much, or keep it on on a shorter contract. Uh, I, I'm shocked that um, 20 goalies have a cap hit of five million or, or higher this year. 20, two thirds of of the league has has a goalie p- paid five million or higher. Uh, Markstrom's making six million. There's eight making six million or more, and realistically, not even half of them are worth that. Uh, Carey Price in his prime, he's worth that. Sure, Bobrovsky, 10 million, no. Vasilevsky, nine five, absolutely. Gibson, six four, probably not. Murray, six, definitely not. Hellebuck, six, yeah. Bennington, six. No. Markstrom, six. Proving to not be worth that. And then, like, you go down the list, it's like uh, Merzlikens, Quick, Campbell, five million. Soros is fine at five million. But, like, Cal Peterson's making five million. Uh, Robin Lanner's hurt. Varlamov's five million. Yeah, like you said, Gorgiev's down there at 3.4 million. Free agent pickup has a nine, nine, 19 save percentage this year. We did yeah. trade a couple seconds for him, I believe. Mm, for, yeah, for his right, right? It was RFA, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but still, it's 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 a good it's a good comparison to the running back where you can just kind of pick one up for for a year or two, ride them, and then not have to play too much. I I, I still don't know what the Panthers were doing with that Bobrovsky contract. 
they're gonna, I'm assuming they're going to buy him out at some point, or just you know, only th- two more years after this season. No, three more after this season is a full no movement clause. That that yeah, goalies are are, are very finick, finicky, like you said. Uh, they have them, their mental cases. They can be, and also with goalies, they if you have a good young goalie, if you have a good goalie on a bad team, it it stops them from tanking. There's a not a big discourse around the Flyers if they should trade Carter Hart or not, but like people are talking about it, and I I probably side with they should, but at the same time, the Flyers' whole thing has always been they're a good team but can't find a goalie, and now they have a goalie and they have no team in front of them. So it's and he's good enough to make the team be mediocre where they're not going to get a, a top five, maybe top ten pick. So. Goalies are the name of the game here, unfortunately. I mean, if a goalie gets hot in the playoffs, like Bennington did, won a cup, got that contract for him, and now he's just a complete shithead, and that's that's how it goes. And, and you're stuck with the goalie for uh, however long the contract is. Goalie is the most important position. It's not as influential as a quarterback because a quarterback can take a team from the basement to the top. But, yeah, goalie is, I think, definitely teams will be looking at what the Hurricanes are doing, what the Avs are doing, and, and do more of that moving forward. Unless there's someone like a Vasilevsky or like a Carey Price that's that's clearly worth that top money, but those goalies do not come around very often. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the difference is that you know Vasilevsky is a proven winner in the playoffs too, so he can suck in the regular season all he wants, but uh, he's proven that he can do it time and time again in the playoffs. So he, he's obviously worth the money, but uh, you got to be one of the true elite to to be able to uh, get paid like that and for that long. Yeah, definitely there. Uh, all right, that was the uh, three-game slate there for Wednesday. Uh, we're back on Wednesday. I think Thursday has a, a, probably a, a bigger slate on Thursday, usually 10 or 12 games on, on a busier night. And then uh, all, all three of us will be back together on Friday with Talon there. We'll be able to finally discuss our, our big 8-1 uh, locked dog total. That'll be six days old at that point. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll still celebrate it. Uh, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Man Podcast. Please to the podcast with a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Join the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Right, anything else you want to touch on here before we just wrap it up? No, I'm good. All right, then. I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Joel Meyer, and you'll find me saying farewell to you. John Garrett, the color commentator for the Canucks his last season. I was unfortunate uh, to hear that he's retiring after this season. That happened a few days ago. I forgot to bring it up last few shows, so I'll bring it up now. Guy was awesome. He would always read like the little ads that you see on, on, the, on the screen. Most most commentators just skip right by it, but uh, he would talk about the fucking pepperoni that Save on Foods is <laughs> selling, advertising there. And yeah, yeah, one of the best crews, the John Shorthouse. John Garrett. Uh, I'm going to miss him next year, that's for sure. So, fairly well, John Garrett.